There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Listen, lift your Bibles up. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's go. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you. Your presence is here. Your spirit is here. Have your way today. Speak to us. Give us exactly what we need to hear as we need to hear it. In Jesus' name, everybody say, thank you, Lord. Say, have your will in me today. In Jesus' name. So listen, guys, we're in week three of a series called A New Altitude. What have we been doing? We've been looking at words that end in OOD, U-D-E, as they affect our altitude. What's your altitude? How high you can go. I need you to hear me. Your life is only going higher from this point forward in every area of your life. I need you not to mistake, watch this, pause with permanent. I'm going to say it again. I need you not to mistake, watch this, pause with permanent. God is intending to use what's going on in the world right now to increase every area of your life. I need you to make this declaration. Say, I'm going to a new altitude. Here's why we're looking at words ending in ood. It's because that suffix, U-D-E, it literally means this, to take action and to change something. And what have I been saying? There are changes in you that need to match what God's about to do. There's no need in you going to a new altitude and you're janky. There's no need in you going to a new altitude and you still have the same attitude of when you were when you were down here. I need you to hear me. God is not interested in you just looking the part. God wants you to actually be able to play the part. More importantly, God wants you to be the part. Let me be honest. There's many people that can present something great on the outside, but on the inside, sometimes it's different. Here's what's amazing about our God. God doesn't just want you to look shiny. He wants you to be shiny. He don't just want you to glitter like your gold because you've been through hell. He wants you to actually come out pure as gold. I need you to hear me. God is interested in your character matching the change that's about to happen in your life. Say, I'm going to a new altitude. So listen, Wednesday we looked at the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and there were 10 attempts to delude him or to take him into delusion. What is delusion? It means to lead from truth into error. 10 times he was a, uh, there were attempts to delude him, to stop him from doing what it is that he was created to do. Now, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. If they try to delude Jesus, they're going to try to delude you. If situations try to get Jesus into delusion, the same thing is going to happen to you. I need you not to think that every voice that comes to you that brings you comfort is Christ. I'm going to say it again. I need you not to think that every voice that comes to you to bring you comfort is Christ. See, there were voices that were trying to come to Jesus telling him, you don't actually have to die. But what was he created and called to do? To get to the cross. Sometimes you have to be careful that you're not so thirsty for comfort that you end up listening to who your Judas is. 
You have to be, com uh, be careful that you're not so thirsty for comfort that you will let somebody say something to you when you're feeling emotional that gets you in a mess. I rebuke you listening to the wrong people at the wrong time. Come on, y'all. I rebuke you listening to the wrong people at the wrong time. And in Jesus' name, I declare you will not be deluded. Instead, baby, you're going to a new altitude. Somebody say, I'm going to a new altitude. Now, listen. This parallels the 10 plagues the Hebrews encountered in their exodus. But the difference is found in Matthew 26, 56. See, um, Jesus had to have those 10 attempts to try to block him and stop him and get him deluded. But the children of Israel, watch me, those were unnecessary. Check this out. In life, there are two types of uh, delusions you will deal with, two sets of issues you will deal with. Here's the first. It's the things that had to happen. These are the things that were not in your control. You didn't start it. You didn't do nothing to deserve it. Let's talk. You didn't have anything to do with it. Anybody ever been there? If you've been there, just do the hand wavy emoji. There's stuff you're looking at like, why is all this hell coming against me? Can I give you an example of this? Uh, when you look in the scripture, not only do we see Jesus, but guess what? There's several examples of things that came against people they did nothing to deserve. Sometimes the hell you deal with just comes with the seat you're about to occupy. Sometimes the hell you deal with just comes with the altitude you're about to occupy. Can I help you? The air is thinner the higher you go, which means you got to learn how to be able to get more done with less breath. Let me say it another way. You got to learn how to be able to get more done with less energy. Can I say it another way? You've got to learn how to deal with some stuff that you didn't start. But can I tell you what you're going to do? You're going to finish it anyhow. I don't care what came against you, who's come against you, and they starting stuff. There's always people that always be starting something. But I need you to hear me. But you're going to win anyhow. They may have started it, but you're about to finish it. They may have started the lie, but you're going to finish with the truth. They may have started creating hell for you, but you're about to bring heaven on earth. They may have started trying to be messy, but baby, that's about to become your message. They may have started bringing a test your way, but that test is about to be your testimony. These are things that had to happen. That's what the scripture says in Matthew 26, 56. It says these things had to happen so that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Watch me. Uh, and then watch me. When, when these things had to happen, certain people leave. I need you to hear me. There are certain people that God says, watch me, my use for them has expired. You missed me right there. See, the Bible says, if you were with us, you could not have left from us. Because if you were with us, you would have remained with us. Can I check this out? People, watch me. There are certain people that are not assigned to your life. And watch me, when they're not assigned to your life, they don't have the capacity to stay when your altitude increases. And you need to be okay with that. I need you to stop mourning who needed to get canceled. You better get a Nino Brown spirit sometimes. Let me preach like this. Listen, cancel that one. I'll get another one. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But then secondly, watch me. Secondly, secondly, secondly. This is not 15. Excuse me. Secondly, watch me. There are things, number one, that, that had to happen. But number two, there are things that are unnecessary, but God makes them useful. See, for Jesus, these ten attempts had to happen. For the children of Israel... These 10 plagues were unnecessary, but what did we learn over the last couple of messages? God made them useful. Here's what's powerful about that is it makes Romans 8 and 28 come alive. It says he makes all things do what? Work together. Now, that means he takes the good, he takes the bad, he takes the ugly, he takes your mistake, he takes your bad decision, and God says, watch me put all that stuff in one pot and make it something good. Listen, have you ever looked at somebody that while they were in the kitchen, stay with me, while they were in the kitchen, it looked a mess. While they were putting stuff in there, you looked over in it and said, this is, how is this going to come out good? But watch me. But what you didn't understand is that the chef understood how to combine the ingredients in such a way that even if it don't look good while I'm combining them, baby, on the other end, when it comes out, it's going to taste good. I need you to know that's just how God is. God has taken all of the stuff of your life. He's mixing that stuff together and he makes it work. Watch me. He makes it work together. Bible does not say that he makes it work. The Bible says that he makes it work together, which means he's going to take your greatest failure and he says, I'm going to make it work together to become your greatest area of victory. Y'all didn't hear what I said. God says, I'm going to take your greatest relationship screw up and I'm going to make that the greatest area of wisdom you've ever had. So the next time you see crazy coming, you'll be able to cross the doggone street. Somebody say he makes all things work together. Come on. Somebody, y'all need to type that on the screen. Romans 8. 
28. Listen, I, listen, sometimes we start complaining because we don't know what he's doing. We start complaining because we don't see how he's mixing it. When you are one of the ingredients, you can't see the other ones. Mm. When you are one of the ingredients, you can't see the other one. See, he's about to take what your mama did and make it work together. Let's go. He's about to take what your daddy did and make it work together. You are one of the ingredients, but he is the one in, that's the chef that's putting it all together. Today's message, here it is. Today's message is called Detrude That. Detrude That. It's on the screen. You can snap it. Detrude means to push out or thrust down or to go out with force. Let me say this. To increase altitude, watch me, you need to detrude. To go up, there are things you have to push out. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. Watch me. To in increase altitude, you have to detrude. What does that mean? There's some stuff I need to push down, I need to thrust out, and I need to do it with force. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say strength increase. Come on, uh-uh, I need you to say it like you really know that that's what you need right now. Lay your hands on yourself, say strength increase. Now is not the time for you to be walking in weakness. Now is not the time for you to be walking around talking about, whoa, it is me, and I can't believe this, and who shot John, and all of that. No. Now is the time for the saints of the Most High God to rise up and to possess the kingdom. I, I need you to understand that to go up, sometimes there's things you got to push out. And here it is. It's right here. Here it is, right here. And then I'm going to show you. It's right here in 1 Peter 4.12. Here's the main thing we got to push out. You ready? Here's the main thing that we need to detrude. We need to thrust this out with force. You ready? is that you act surprised instead of rise. We act surprised when we need to rise. If you have the Harvest Mobile app, you got this scripture yesterday. I was getting you ready. I was getting you ready yesterday in our Saturday devotion um, mobile push that you got yesterday. Watch what the scripture says. Beloved, say that's me. Do not be surprised. Look at me. You're acting surprised when people are snakes. I just am trying to figure out after all the snakes you dealt with, why are you surprised? By now, you ought to know when they're going to show up, how they're going to show up, what they look like, what they talk like. Can I be honest? The only reason you're surprised is because you ignored everything up front. Everything you needed to see, God showed you. They were hissing and they were slithering. Watch me. Since the day they came in your life, you only acting surprised because you had more faith in them than even God did. Ah! Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial. When it comes upon you. See, it's easy to look at other people and say, they need to do this. They need to do this. They need to do this. What happens when the trial comes to your house? What happens when the trial comes to your car? What happens when the trial comes to your kids? What happens when the trial comes to your finances? What happens when the trial comes to your mind? See, it's easy to tell other people the way they need to think. What happens when you start thinking them same defeated thoughts that you were trying to get other people out of? He says, don't be surprised when it comes, watch me, upon you, which means here's what happens. It gets on you. I need you to catch that. Somebody say, it gets on me. It gets on you to test you. And he says, you are surprised acting like something strange is happening. I need you to open your mouth and say this and say, I'm not surprised because this isn't strange. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm not surprised because this isn't strange. Come on, say it a third time. Say, I'm not surprised because this is not strange. So, 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 so check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. We're not surprised because this is not strange. Now, now when we look at this, watch the, um, we're going to look today at the Hebrews journey post-Passover. That was now about a week and a half ago. And I taught you about that. The Passover is the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. It also is the Passover. The Hebrews, they were coming out of 400 and 30 years of slavery, and on the night of Passover, it's the 10th plague. That 10th plague is that the firstborn son of the Egyptians and the firstborn of their livestock, that they die. And But any place where the blood of a spotless lamb was applied, any place where that blood was applied, which was the Hebrews, the death angel had to pass over. I need you to just make this declaration and say, death has to pass over me. That's what the Bible says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Which means when you're a believer in Jesus, even when you exit this life, life ain't over. Even when you exit this body, life ain't over. Why? Because the gift of God is eternal life, which means you can never kill a Christian. I'm going to say it one more time. You can never, ever kill a Christian. So watch this. 
in all of this, watch me, in all of this, check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out. Uh, we're going to look at the Hebrews journey post-Passover today. And Wednesday, uh, we're going to look at Jesus. So here we are, Exodus chapter 12, verse number 31. Then it says this. Then, now this is Pharaoh releasing them after how many years? 430. Some of y'all are tripping over five weeks in quarantine. Some of y'all are tripping over five weeks and not being able to go eat out. Can we be honest? If you check your budget, maybe you were spending too much anyhow. I'm just saying. Look, watch, 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 watch. They, were in, they were in 430 years if you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go over here. Wear this. Wear that. I need, before you start thinking your situation is so bad, sometimes you just need to look at what somebody else is going through. And you need to say, you know what? Mine ain't that bad. Matter of fact, can we just take five seconds? Watch me. Here it is to just ask God for forgiveness for thinking ours was bad when somebody else had it much worse. Let's give him glory. Father, forgive us. Come on, open your mouth and say, and say Lord, forgive me. For complaining about my journey 430 years of being told what to do 430 years watch me of building something for someone else you'd never be able to enjoy 430 years of laboring for something that you were never actually going to be able to ever enjoy yourself and here's what I need you to understand what's so significant about that is that after 430 years overnight it comes to an end I need you to know you and I serve the God of suddenlies Say suddenly. Watch me. Suddenly, listen, check this out. Just like you get surprised when something negative happens, God says, I'm going to surprise you with some good stuff. Just like you get surprised. Watch me. I need you to get ready this week. The Lord woke me up earlier this morning and said, I need you to get ready this week. He says, because listen, I've been purging poison from around you. Mm. He says, I've been revealing the hearts and motives of who and what's around you. And he said, watch me. He says, now I'm ready to give birth to something I couldn't give birth to if certain people were present. Mm. I need y'all to hear what I'm saying right now. I need you to make this declaration and say, I serve the God of suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. Now listen, verse 31, Exodus 12, 31. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said to them, Watch his language, because I need to see if you can catch it. What's the name of our series? A New Altitude. Watch his language. This is what Pharaoh says. He summons them. When did he summon them? By night, at nighttime. In other words, he didn't do it when everybody could see it, which means, watch me, change always starts in the dark. You miss me. Change always starts in the dark. See, that's why in the Bible, when the Lord created days, what did he do? The Bible says he created the evening and the morning, and they were day. Which means when God starts creating, he always starts with calamity. Shut up. When God starts doing stuff, he starts in darkness. When God starts doing things that are amazing, he starts at low altitudes. How do you know, Bishop? Look at his language. Up! Why did he need to say up? He only needed to say go. You miss me. I'm going to back it up to see if you get it. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. I need to make sure you get this. He summons them in the nighttime because the nighttime was the right time for an altitude increase. Let's go. Up. He didn't need to say up. Him saying up is correlating to our series. What is Pharaoh saying? Your altitude increase has been approved. Y'all miss me. See, planes in the air, they can't just pick an altitude when they want to. They have to ask flight, uh, they have to ask the uh, flight controller, uh, can we be approved to increase our altitude to such and such altitude? Here's what I need you to hear. Every altitude increase requires approval, and the approval comes when you beat your affliction. Every altitude increase come, needs approval, and the approval comes when you beat your affliction. He says, get up. In other words, increase your altitude then go from among my people he said get up get out get up get out get up get out let me pause for a minute some of you watch me you are you have added rules to the quarantine because you haven't left your house at all and you're talking about i just got to get out this house get out the house walk jog do something go outside in the front porch and spin around and say, thank God that I'm in the land of the living. Some of you need to get up and get out because when you stay locked in, watch me, it locks in your mind. 
And some of y'all's minds are messing with you right now. And I rebuke your mind playing tricks on you right now. You've made too much progress to let five weeks shut you down. You've made too much progress to let five weeks shut you up. I need you to make this declaration. Say, I will not lose my mind. So watch. Go up from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go serve the Lord. Watch the line. As you have said. Which means, watch me. You're going to see what you said. Watch me. When did they say that? When they were in slavery. Look at me. Look at me. When you feel like you are on lockdown, what you say is most important. You miss me. For everybody looking at me, what you're saying right now when there's restrictions, that's what you're going to see when the restrictions are over. So I need you to stop telling my this is miserable. Shut your mouth because you're going to have misery after restriction. Instead, I need you to open your mouth and say, God is amazing. I need you to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be made glad in him. You need to be like the psalmist. I will bless the Lord when at all times. He said, what you said when you were on lockdown is what you're going to see. What you said when you were on lockdown is what you're going to see. What you said when you're on lockdown is what you're going to see. Because when you're on lockdown, that's the real you. The real you is seen when you don't get what you want. The real you is seen when you don't get what you want. I'm going to say it a third time so that watch me so that y'all hear me down in Miami. The real you is seen when you don't get what you want. When you don't get what you want, we see who you really are. All right? So watch me. He says, y'all, watch me. Y'all remain consistent. Because for 10 times, you kept making the same declaration. Your declaration didn't change because your circumstances were challenging. You miss me. And for many people, your confession is changing because your circumstances are challenging. 10 times while they were on lockdown, let the people go. Let the people go. Let the people go. Let us go serve the Lord. 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 They remain consistent. And then Pharaoh said, I'm going to give you exactly what you said when you were on lockdown. So let's make this prayer. Say, Father, forgive me for every negative thing I've spoken about my life, about my future while I've been on lockdown. Say, instead, I replace it with your word. I'm going to maximize this moment. I'm going to maximize this time in Jesus' name. So look, 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 look. And the Egyptians, if we, if we were to keep going, the Egyptians gave them silver. Say silver. Gold. Say gold. He let them take their flocks and their herds so that, watch me, they had what they needed for what was next. You ready? They had what they needed for what was next. Watch me. At the Passover. God says, I'm going to give you what you need for what's next. Say, what's next, Bishop? Quarantine is next. What do you mean? Um, listen, in Exodus 13, 17, in Exodus 13, 17, Exodus 13, 17, the first act of their freedom is not that you're on lockdown, you're on, you're on quarantine. There's a difference. See, Lockdown means you can't go over here, you can't go over here, you can't go over here, you can't go over here. Quarantine says you're in isolation. Uh -uh, I need you to understand the difference. See, lockdown, in, in America, they, they call them stay-at-home recommendations or stay-at-home orders, which means this restaurant shut down, this place is shut down, this is shut down, you can't do this, this is shut down, this is shut down, which means you're on lockdown. That's different than quarantine. Quarantine means you're free, but I'm going to isolate you. Y'all need to see the difference to this. When God gives you freedom, the first thing he does is put you by yourself. Let me show you in scripture. Exodus 13 and 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, watch it. God did not lead them by the lamb of the Philistines, although it was near or it was quicker. For God said, these jokers are going to change their mind if they see some more. So, and they're going to want to go back to what I brought them out of. <laughs> they're going to want to return to Egypt. Verse 18. But God led the people, what? Around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. So who took them to the Red Sea? God did. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Look at me. You have not been equipped just to quit. When they left Egypt, what did they have? Silver. What did they have? 
gold. What they have? Clothing. What they have? Flocks. What they have? Herds. Everything they needed for next, they were equipped with. In fact, the Bible says when they left, the Bible calls them the host of Israel, which means they were an army now, which means when you were on lockdown, watch me, you were becoming an army. Which, which means, say this, say, I, will not, I will not misuse this moment. Isolation, so they go from lockdown to quarantine. Isolation isn't punishment, it's preparation. I want to go down memory lane for a minute. The butterfly. The butterfly has four stages to its evolution. Stage one, it's as small as a sesame seed on a sesame seed bun. Watch me. Stage two, it grows upwards of 100 times its size and it becomes much larger. What's amazing is it has all of this progress it has all of this growth, and then it gets to stage three. Stage three is when it goes into a chrysalis, which means, watch me, after all of this progress, because what has it been doing? It's been eating. What does that mean? It's been getting equipped. After it gets equipped, please listen to me, after it gets what it needs, it's sent into quarantine. Stage three of the evolution process of a butterfly is the quarantine process. What do you mean? It's free, but it's isolated. It's free, but it's by itself. Some of you, you need to hear me. Do not misuse this moment because you might not have another one in your lifetime. I need you to maximize this time. God has allowed you to get what you needed so that when you went into quarantine, everything you needed would be in you. I need you to say it. Say everything I need, he's put in me. Everything I need, everything, 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 everything. So in stage three, watch me. In stage three, a chrysalis begins to form. So stage two is what we're familiar with is the caterpillar. Stage three, that caterpillar rolls up into a chrysalis, and it's suspended either under a leaf where it cannot be seen, or it goes into the ground. It is isolated and in quarantine by itself. Now, depending on how big the butterfly is going to grow to, determines how long it has to stay in quarantine. Mm. Let me see if I can say it another way. The moment you get it, you get out. And for some, watch me, the reason you can't be let out is because you ain't learned nothing yet. I, you just keep asking to get let out, but you ain't learned nothing. I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, teach me. Say, I choose to get it so I can get out of this. Literally, 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 yesterday, something, while I was preparing this word, Yesterday, something hit me like it had never hit me before. And I said, oh, my God. So I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, because I don't want to deal with that no more. I said, I didn't have my, I, I, I'm just not doing that no more. That ain't, I'm not doing that no more. And he said, good, so get the lesson. <laughs> watch me. He said, if you get the lesson, you can get out. Watch me. For many of you, watch me. Your quarantine ain't even, watch me, it ain't even natural. Let's go. It's spiritual. Because the truth be told, even when you could go where you wanted to and do what you wanted to, you still felt in quarantine. You still felt isolated. You still felt by yourself. It's not punishment. Somebody say it's preparation. So in stage two, it's eating, 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 eating. In stage three, here's what happens. That butterfly now, it goes into this chrysalis. And that can last from two weeks. Or if it's going to be larger, sometimes as long as two years. Depending on how big it's going to be. Which means every delay is still to your benefit but check this out then you get to stage four what's stage four stage four when it's let out okay uh, you're gonna catch it in a minute but but watch me state somebody say stage four stage four is when it's let out the butterfly begins now watch me it went in looking like a worm it comes out flying look at me some of you are saying i can't wait until things get back to normal listen to me you're not supposed to come out and go back to normal. You're supposed to come out and go to a new altitude. See, when it went into quarantine, it, 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 it was on the ground. You hear me? Crawling, going a few centimeters uh, an hour. But when it came out of quarantine, it's able to fly faster than some people in Denver drive, 30 miles an hour. Especially now. I said, listen, y'all ain't nobody in front of you. I don't understand why you're going so slow. Check this out. Check this out. Stop wanting normal back. I'm going to say that again. Stop saying, I can't wait till things go back to normal. Then you have misused your quarantine. And if you misuse your quarantine, even when everybody else out, you're going to still be in your quarantine and watching them fly. But I come to prophesy to you, you're going to a new altitude. 
It goes from the ground. Watch me. Literally, this is literal. Check it out. It goes from the ground to in stage four. Once it's out of quarantine, it's now flying high. What it used to walk with, it now looks down at. Its altitude has changed. I need you, watch me, I need you not to be so thirsty for normal that you miss the fact that God says, I don't want to go back to normal, so I put the whole world in quarantine so the whole world could come out at a new altitude. I need you to say it. I'm going to a new altitude. And God let everybody be in it at the same time so you didn't feel like you were picked on. You weren't picked on, baby. You weren't picked on. You were picked up. Let's go. Here's Exodus 13. I'm almost done. Here's Exodus 13. So now in Exodus 12, in Exodus 12, we've seen this time of transition. All right? And so they leave, but God says, watch me. You're going to leave lockdown, and you're going to go into what? Quarantine. After quarantine, can I show you something really significant about how God takes them? Look at me. I'm going to explain what you've been dealing with. Exodus 13, verse number 20. In Exodus 13, the Lord keeps them on edge. Okay, y'all missed that. Um, look at verse 20. And they moved on from Sukkoth and encamped at Etham. And watch me, on the edge of the wilderness. <laughs> Some of y'all will catch it. See, you ain't in the wilderness. Don't push me because I'm close to, uh, close to the edge. We're trying not to lose our head. Uh-huh. Y'all ain't saying that. God says, I'm keeping you on the edge because I need you to learn I'm your peace, not your predicament. And for many of you, every day you've been on the edge, almost about to break, almost about to fall, almost about to. But God says, I'm keeping you there because I need you to realize I'm your peace, not your predicament. He says, I'm keeping you on the edge of the wilderness. I ain't, you ain't in there. You, you ain't in ruin, um, but, but, but watch me. I let you see it so that you'll keep listening so you don't get in it. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't in bankruptcy, but I let you see it so that you, so that you don't go, jump off into it. He keeps them on the edge. Can we be honest? For many of you, what you're facing right now has kept you on the edge. You're on the edge. You, you, ain't, you, you ain't there. But if somebody come behind you and give you a shove, you, you might be over there. What does the Bible say? He let them camp at the edge. He keeps them on the edge. For many of you, please look at me. God is aware you're on the edge, and that's exactly where you're supposed to be. Here's what we'd like to hear. God's about to take you from the edge. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. Because watch me. Because when you're on the edge, it forces you to evolve. See, watch me. Can we be honest? There's things we had to learn how to do quickly because the edge forced us to do it. There's things you said, I ain't doing that, that you had to do because he put you on the edge. Let's go. You complained about a job. So he says, let me put you on the edge. Let me put you on the edge. Say something else about it. You, you complained about, oh, I got to get up and go to church. Now you're on the edge. You're like, I can't wait to get back in the building. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You complained about praising. You complained about how loud the music was. Now you're like, they need to turn it up. I can't hear nothing. He keeps you on the edge. For everybody who used to complain, I don't have enough family time. Now you got more time with them jokers than you ever had. Keeps you on the edge. I need y'all to hear what I'm saying. God says, I'm keeping you on the edge. Matter of fact, for those of you who choose to watch the news, I don't know why you torture yourself like that. No, you choose to watch the news. Watch me. Here's what happens. They keep you on the edge. One moment, good news coming out of so-and-so. Next moment, all bleak reports are coming. I said, God, y'all can't even decide what the report is. Watch me. They even had the audacity to say that people that had, uh, uh, that had uh, cleared coronavirus, that they were getting reinfected. And one doctor had to come on and say, no, 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 let me stop you. She said, what they're finding isn't live virus. What they're finding is, watch me, is dead leftover pieces of the virus that are still in their blood. And some of you are like, oh, my God, I beat it, but I ain't immune. You better be careful. Sometimes God trying to keep you on the They literally, they said, well, aren't people getting reinfected? She said, no, let me help you. She says, what they're finding, what they're finding is dead remnants. She said, they haven't found any live virus in people that have beat it. 
You better hear me. Once you beat this thing, you ain't going to have to repeat this thing. And I'm not just talking about corona. I'm talking about your depression. I'm talking about your anxiety. I'm talking about your generational curses. I'm talking about your marriage problems. Once you beat it, you will not have to repeat. It's like chicken pox, baby. I'm immune. Somebody needs to say that. Say, I'm going to beat it. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, I'm going to beat it. So look, Exodus 14, 1. So 12, they come out. 13, he keeps them on edge. Here's 14. You ready for 14? Exodus 14 and 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 2. Now these next few verses, this, 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 what, this, what, this what got me yesterday. Tell the people of Israel. So where, where, are they, where are they at? They're on the edge. They ain't in the wilderness. They close to it though. See, some of you have misidentified your location because you're so close to it, you say you're in it. Mm, you are not in it. You are not in depression. You are not in anxiety. You are not in loss. You are not in failure. This is not going to be your end. You might be close to that edge, but somebody said, I'm not in that. Watch what he says. Turn the two, the peop, uh, tell the people of Israel to turn back. Now, this is interesting language because God always kept telling them, move forward, move forward, up and go, up and go. Now he says, now he says, watch me. Now he says, tell them to turn back. Look at me. He pulls you back to launch you forward. I'm going to say it again. He pulls you back to launch you forward. See, for many of you, you didn't have the time in your regular schedule to actually get ready. So he pulled you back so he could launch you forward. That's why I'm excited about Atlanta. Come on here. That's why I'm excited about Denver. That's why I'm excited about everything else God's called us to do. Because what did he do? He said, let me pull you back so I can launch you forward. I need you to hear me. You look a whole lot better in your future than you do right now. And let's tell the truth. You ain't looking bad now. Watch. And in camp, this is deep right here. And in camp in front of Pi Hahiroth. Look at me. Pi Hahiroth means the entrance of freedom. He says, tell them to encamp at the entrance, at the gate of freedom. You ready? Between Migdal and Belzephon. You ready? Migdal means the pulpit. Ah! Come on, come on, let's go. He says, he says, all right, I need you to set up to where on one side of you ain't nothing but the pulpit. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. See, for many of you, watch me, God says, I need it to be to where the only thing you got is the word right now. That's why, what have we been doing at Harvest? I've been staying consistent. I preached twice before the quarantine. I'm going to preach twice during it. I'm going to preach, watch this, three, four, five times after it. God says, I'm going to put you to where on one side, all you have is the pulpit. The pulpit, what does that mean? All you got on one side is the man of God you've been assigned to to give you the word. That's what that means. And then, watch me, he says, in front of Belzephon. Belzephon, watch me, is the name of a Canaanite god. Check this out. Canaan is the promised land. Uh-uh, you missed me. Canaan is the promised land. Belzephon is a Canaanite god, Canaanite deity. Watch what he tells them to face. Face the promise. Mm-mm, let's back it up. They ain't getting it in here. You ain't getting it there. Watch me. He says, on one side, you have the pulpit. On the other side, I need you to face. Canaan is the what? Promised land. I need you to face your promise. I'm on. Some of y'all been looking at the wrong stuff. You know everything about these series on Netflix, but you don't know nothing about where you headed. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You know everything about the, latest, uh, about the latest dance craze and the latest challenge, but you ain't got your education together. You have had five weeks to go to school. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Touch yourself and say, the pulpit and the promise. Ah! On one side, I got the man of God speaking the word of God. On the other side, I got the promise. I got the pulpit, the promise. The pastor, the promise. The pulpit, the promise, the promise, the pulpit. He says, this is where I need you right now. This is where you're at right now. He says, all you got on one side is the word that you took for granted when you could get it in the building. He says, this is all you got. He says, you took the poor for granted. You took what was poured into you for granted. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set you to where all you got is the pulpit on one side and the promise on the other side. But can I go further? Bell's a phone. It's a mountain. It's a mountain. It's a place that represents this Canaanite. What's, the, what's Canaan? The promised land. Canaanite God. You want to know what Zephon translates into? Storm. Can we go deeper? He says, when you're looking at the promise, all you're going to see is the storm. <laughs> Which is why you need an altitude increase so you can get above the storm. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Because your promise is on the other side of the storm. Which means when you're looking at your promise, all you see is what ain't right, what ain't happening, what they said, what they denied, what's not going right. But God says, if you'll get your altitude together, how do I get my altitude together? What's on your other side? The pulpit. The pulpit is designed to preach the promise to you so that it gives you what you need so you can get above the storm, so you can get to your promise. Ain't that good? He says, this is all I want you to have right now. He says, I don't want you to have normal right now. He says, y'all in quarantine. All I need you to have is the pulpit on one side, the promise on the other side, but every time you look at the promise, you're going to see the storm. So you're going to have, watch me, they teach pilots, don't fly into the storm. Fly above it. <laughs> you miss me. <laughs> watch me. And if the storm clouds go so high, they'll tell them, don't fly above it, go around it. In other words, either way, make sure you get to your promise. And I need you to open up your mouth and make this declaration and say, I will not be denied. Come on. Say it again, y'all. Say, I will not be denied. I don't know about you, but listen, I got this type of attitude. Man, I've come way too far to let this little situation here turn me around. So watch, let's go further. Verse 8. Let's get down to verse 8, Exodus 14, 8. In between uh, verses 2. Ain't that good? That blessed me. He said, all you got on one side is the pulpit. That's all you got. That's all you got. He says, you're going to learn to appreciate it. You're going to learn to treasure it. He says, you're going to learn to value the poor. So on the other side, all you have is promise. And when you look at it initially, all you see is storm. So you need what's coming from the pulpit so you can make it to the promise. So that's the only way this is going to work. It ain't going it ain't, it ain't, it to be no other way. You're going to have to use, come here, Ebony. You're going to have to use what you got to get what you want. And what are you getting? You're getting the word so that you can watch me, so that you can overcome the worry. Let's go. Now, in between verses 2 and 8, Pharaoh's heart is hardened again by the Lord. Come on. Who hardens his heart? The Lord. Which means God says, I'm not done with you yet. The Lord hardens whose heart? Pharaoh's heart. And after letting them go, he says, let's go get them. He says, I can't believe I actually let them go. He says, I'm going to get them and I'm going to bring them back into slavery. Look at me. For some of you, your test is most intensified, and here's why you can't, here's what you need to do true. Don't be surprised. Your test is most intensified, look at me, right after you think it's over. Right after you think it's gone. Even if you look, can we, be, can we have some conversation? Even when you talk with people with coronavirus, they'll say they felt good, felt good, felt good, felt good, felt good, felt like they were getting good. And then many people will report that then all of a sudden then they had another drip before they finally beat it. And I speak to you, even if you're dealing with it right now, you shall overcome. You will conquer corona. Let's go. We get surprised, and we gotta push that out. Somebody say, I gotta push that out. Because we're like, Pharaoh let us go, it's good, we good. I ain't got to deal with this no more. And then God says, mm -mm. there's actually one more battle with this same burden. Look at me. I'm trying to prophesy to you. Come on, let Migdal do his job so you, so you, so you get your promise, okay? I'm trying to help you. God says, there's one more battle you got to beat. He says, what you thought you would never see again, you're going to have to deal with again. And what happens often? Can we be honest? We get surprised. How many of you right now, you can be honest, there's something you're facing right now 
that you thought you'd never have to face again. Come on, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Okay, okay. Here's where you're at. I'm literally telling you where you're at. I told you today's word was going to be everything you needed to hear. Watch. He says, Pharaoh says, uh, um, let's go get him. So he pursues the people of Israel while the people of Israel, watch me, were going out defiantly. Now that's interesting because New King James doesn't say defiant. New King, James say, New King James says bold. Now here's what's interesting. That word defiant is this Hebrew word, the language of our Old Testament, rum. R-U-M. You ready? They weren't drinking. They didn't get it to go either. Y'all ain't in them. Uh, watch. <clears throat> say rum. Here's what this means. Pharaoh has decided to come get them. Rum means, you ready? They praised enthusiastically with lifted hands. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all. So I got the pulpit on one side, the promise on the other side, but when I look at the promise, all I see is the storm, and now Pharaoh is on the other side, and so the only other side, the fourth side left is the Red Sea. You ready? And so here's what they say. Well, ain't no need in us panicking. Instead, we're going to go into a praise. And for many of you, can I be honest? For some of you, watch me, your praise has not been where it needs to be. Your praise has been silenced. Your praise has been shut down. So when I say let's give him five seconds, that ain't time for you to just patty cake. That's time for you to go all the way in. And I'm going to count to three. And I want everybody across America and around the world to go in. One, two, three, go. Come on. They praised him enthusiastically with lifted hands. What were they saying? I surrender. What were they saying? Yada and Toda. I give you my problems in exchange for the promise. Somebody say, Lord, I owe you praise. Come on, say it in Denver. Say, Lord, I owe you praise. Say it in Indiana. Say, I owe you glory. So, so check the scene. Check the scene. I got to quit. I'm out of time. On one side, all they have is the pulpit. All they got is the word they're getting from the man of God. That's what the pulpit means. Sacred desk. Where the word comes from. It means an elevated stage where the pulpit rests. On the other side of that, they have Beelzephon. They have a mountain. Watch me, which means they're in a valley. Because if there's a mountain ahead of you, that means you must be in a valley because you ain't on that mountain. That, watch me, that all they see when they see the promise is a storm. Then Pharaoh starts coming. So now Pharaoh's coming behind them. Pharaoh's over here. I got the pulpit. I got Pharaoh. I got the promise. PPP, let's go. I got the pulpit, I got Pharaoh, I got the promise. Come on, I dare you to do the dance move with me. We're going to release a new video. You ready? I got the pulpit, come on. I got Pharaoh, let's go. I got the promise, let's go, let's go. It's going to be on TikTok. I got the pulpit, come on. I got Pharaoh, let's go. I got the promise. Okay, I got to move because I'm out of time. Y'all going to remember that though when you go to the store today. You'll be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Watch me do it. Okay, look, look, look. Look. So now the only other thing on the other side is the Red Sea. <laughs> and y'all got kids. Look at me. Some of you are like, how am I going to do this? I got kids. They got kids. They, got, they have elderly. They, 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 they have livestock. They got all of these things going on. And watch me. And they decide when they see Pharaoh. And his armies, they decide to praise enthusiastically. Y'all ready for this? Can, can I finish it for you? Right after praise, let's go to verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. Which means, how intensely did they praise? To the point to where they shut their eyes. Why? They needed to take their focus off of their storm and off of Pharaoh. So that they could put it back on the pulpit. You miss me. The Egyptians were marching after them, and what happened? They feared greatly. So after praise, somebody say, after praise came a panic. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Let's skip to verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why y'all crying to me? Tell harvest to go forward. 
Well, what's for it? The Red Sea. So check this out. Over the next several verses, I don't have time to go through it in detail, but over the next several verses, the Bible says that the angel that was leading them, a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day, it was leading them. Check this out. The Bible says, now where's Pharaoh at? Back here. Because you got the pulpit, Pharaoh, the promise. What's in front of him? The Red Sea. What did he tell them? Go forward. What did he tell them? Go forward. What's in their right ear, which means the ear of strength? The pulpit. You're going to get it in a minute. What's speaking to their strength? The pulpit. The right hand in the Bible, the right ear in the Bible is always significant of strength. He says you're going to get your strength when you follow the instructions that come from the pulpit. And some of y'all got the pulpit over here where, watch me, where the promise is, which is why you don't have strength. Because when you look at the promise, all you see is the storm. You ready? He says, go for it. He says, go for it. So here's what happened. The Bible says the angel comes and gets behind them to block Pharaoh them for a moment. Then, check this out. You ready? Then he causes the Egyptians to go into a panic. Then, watch me, the, the Red Sea is split, and the Hebrews walk across on dry ground. You ready? Then God tells Moses, Moses, put your arms down. And the Bible says that the Egyptians drown, watch me, in what the, the Hebrews walked through. In other words, what killed everybody else, they were victorious over. But can I help you with something? Y'all ready? Can I help you with something? You ready? Two things. Two things that I got to close it. Two things that I got to close it. Can I get you both of them? Come on, y'all type it online. Both of them. Not B-O-T-H. O-F-T-H-E-M. Mm -mm. Both of them. B-O-F-F-U-M. Act like you're at 11.15 for a minute. Check this out. Here's what happens. Pharaoh, look at me. You for, for years thought Pharaoh died. Pharaoh never died. You're going to miss it. You're wondering why God hasn't dealt with what's brought you so much hell. It's because he wanted them to see you. On the other side of what was supposed to kill you. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. I need you not to be mad that your greatest enemy is still watching. And they watch him. Watch me. They don't follow, but they watch. Uh, they don't follow, but they watch. They ain't saying nothing. The reason God has allowed them to stay alive is because he said, Pharaoh, I want you to watch them on the other side of what was supposed to be their end. But here's the second thing. You ready? You ready? Red Sea, red translates to this in Hebrew. <laughs> it means end of the storm. The storm's ending. Uh-uh, need to get it. It means end of a storm, the storm's ending. Those are two different definitions. You ready? Now remember, every time they looked at the promise, what they see? The storm. When they chose to go forward, God says, that storm is over. Now you missed it. See, in a hurricane, watch me, the worst part of the storm, I'm going to help some of y'all understand what this last week was for you. Not for everybody, but for some of us. Come on. For, watch me. The, in a hurricane, the fourth quadrant of the storm is the most intense part of the storm. It's the harshest. It's the roughest. It's the most intense. But it's the fourth quadrant of the storm, which means it is telling you it's just about over. Oh, they ain't going to say nothing to me. Which means when it's roughest and it feels like hell, I need you not to give up hope. Because that means it's just about over. And I need you to lift up both of your hands and say, Lord, thank you that the Red Sea is just about over. Come on, say it. Say, I thank you that my quarantine is just about over. Verse 31, watch, I'm out of time. Verse 31, look what he says. And Israel saw great power that the Lord used against who? The Egyptians. Remember, Pharaoh's watching. God lets them live so they can watch. Because that's more torture than taking them out. Yeah, that helped me. Ah! Woo! Just had to just put a little leap in there. But watch why he did it. So the people would fear or reverence the Lord. Look at me. 
Everybody, look at me, please. Here's what God says. You didn't reverence me right before quarantine. That's what God says. God says, you didn't reverence him right. You were casual with the Lord. You were casual with church. You were casual with serving. You were casual with worship. He says, so I did this so you'd reverence me. But then go further. He says, and so you'd believe me. He says, because while you said you love me, here's the truth. God says, y'all didn't believe me. It's right there. Can we be honest? Can we, can we have some real conversation? You with me, so you can, you can keep it real. If this hasn't taught you that God is real, then what's going to do it? If what you've been in, if what's going on in the world hasn't taught you that God is real, what's going to do it? But it goes further. He says, and he says, I got a problem with y'all too, Hebrews. He says, you don't just not fear me and believe in me. He says, this took so long because who I placed in the pulpit to lead you, you didn't believe in him either. You didn't reverence him either. You didn't honor what he said. He says, so I did this so that you know that I'm Prince of Peace. And I did this so that you would know that I am the God that cannot be defeated. I did this so you'd believe in the Prince of Peace and in the word that comes from the pulpit. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today.